0: Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who have assisted in our worship service. Uh, we had, um, we had, uh, Bob Eden as our liturgist this morning. Uh, we had special, uh, special music and a special musical witness by Sandra Turber and by, uh, Elise Brubaker. Um, Sandra Turber is a member of Harmony United Methodist Church and has been participating in our online services throughout, um, our time of shelter and our time, um, in worship this way, and um, wanted to share this as um, as having been inspired by our worship services. So thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, for sharing your witness as well. Um, Again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped to put our services together. Your work and your sharing of your gifts and your talents is so appreciated. Um, and as we continue these worship services, if there's ways that you'd like to offer uh, your gifts and talents, or if you'd like to learn new things, we'd love to we'd love to have you be a part of that as well. So uh, you can let us know if you would like to learn how to edit, um, or if you'd like to offer a musical witness, or um, maybe a spoken word, or a prayer. Um, or something that you have that you'd like to offer, Um, we can work out how to get that filmed and and put together. Um, But uh, we'd love to, uh, to have those as a part of our service. So... Um, we are starting a new series for the month of August called Living the Questions, um, and this series is uh, looking at some questions that have, been, um, that have been submitted by you, questions that you've had um, to for or about God or faith or the church, and some of these questions may have arisen, especially during these last few months, or maybe they're questions that you've had for a very long time and, and didn't know how to ask. Um, so here uh, we're looking at um at a few different questions, and of course this isn't a, an exhaustive list, um, but uh we're looking at today, how do I discern God's messages? Next week, how do we know who has it right about God? Um, does God discipline or what's God's judgment? Why do bad things happen? And when is the end of the world? So we'll wrestle with these questions during worship at 9.30 here online and also at 11 o'clock in our parking lot worship service. And we'll wrestle with these questions together and look for the ways that our scripture and our faith speak into them. So this morning, how do I discern God's messages? So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, maybe you have said or you have heard it said, I just heard from God today, um, or God spoke to me. I had a friend once, um, That uh, she was married to a pastor and she would say often, you know, my husband and my friends and even you, me, um, say God said this to me. And she said, I just don't think that I've ever heard God say anything. So I'm wondering, is like my phone broken or am I broken? And maybe that's something that you felt too. Maybe you felt, I don't know that I've heard God speaking. Or how do I know that it's God? Now, people hear the voice of God differently. Now, some hear it audibly, and some hear it through other people. Some hear God's voice through nature. And maybe sometimes you've wondered, how do I know if that's from God? How do I know it's not just my own thoughts or my own wants or desires? How do I know that this is God? So how do I discern God's messages? Well, I think that there are a lot of ways to do this, and I think that one of the ways that we start with is we start with Scripture. Um, we start with Scripture as a re- re- revelation of God. Now, sometimes we misunderstand Scripture, and sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes, sometimes it also sounds different based on our experiences at a particular time, uh, I want to tell you a little story about getting kicked out of a Bible study. And maybe I've told you this story before, but um, a few years ago, I was attending a Bible study. And uh, one night, the first question was, who wrote the first five books of the Bible? And um, I listened to this question. I sort of looked around the room, and no one was jumping up to answer this, and I thought, This is what my Masters of Divinity is for. And I have been waiting to use this. And so I went, well, And I launched into this explanation of how the different schools and authors and context of the community and about um, the two different creation stories in Genesis and the two different flood versions in Noah. And um, I laid it all out. And then I sat back and I was like, done. Like, success. Um, it was an answer I was pretty proud of. It was, I thought, this is going to, like, change Bible study forever. And, um, and after I finished, the person kind of looked again and asked the question again. Yes, but who wrote the first five books of the Bible? And I realized they thought I had gotten it wrong, and I was like, "Not wrong." Um, and I, I thought for a few minutes. This kind of people were uncomfortable around the room because I it just got weird. Um, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, according to tradition, Moses, um, Moses is the one who is um, who is thought of to have written the first five books of the Bible." But, you know, Moses also wrote about his own death and some other things in there. And um, and I was met with, well, God wrote that part anyway, so it's possible, right? And I said, well, yeah, it's, a, it's possible. Except I, I don't think that God actually put pen to paper and actually wrote the Bible. I do believe that God inspired it. Hmm. That was the only response back and they just moved on and the rest of the study continued but i knew that there was something off and um so we finished and um concluded and prayed together and and the next week i went back to bible study and um this is a true story they changed locations and refused to tell me where they went I effectively got kicked out of Bible study for offering a different perspective uh, and for a different way of viewing. So um, I I was kicked out. <laughs> Can you believe it? Um, and it, I was actually kicked out for like a year and a half um, until someone accidentally told me where they were meeting again. Awkward, right? Um. There's different ways that we interpret the scripture and different ways that we hear God's voice in the midst of that. And some is about context and some is about how we understand and how we interpret. Now, the Bible is a collection of books and stories. It's a collection of history and poetry and laws and letters. It's written in Hebrew and in Greek, and it's translated into English. And some of the books and the stories are ones that we know very well and have influenced our lives incredibly. And I think most of us are probably here this morning because of the way the story of Jesus has changed our lives. And there are probably stories in the Bible that we have never heard and didn't know even were part of our story. The Bible as we know it wasn't put together until the middle of the third century. That's nearly 300 years post-Jesus. And there's a lot of history and stories contained within the Bible. The Bible was inspired by God, but written by people. And the people who wrote the Bible had a story to tell. They were real people in real places in real times. And as people who tell a story, you usually have a point that you're trying to make. So some details are more important than others. But if someone else told the same story, they may have a different perspective and may include some of the details you left out. So occasionally you'll see some of the same stories retold in scripture for this reason. So the beginning of Genesis, the creation story is told two different ways. The story of Noah and the flood is told in different ways also. Now, even some of the stories of Jesus are told in four different ways throughout the Gospels. And for some people, when you point that out, it makes them uncomfortable. But I think it shows the diversity of the story and how we all enter the story in different ways and places in our lives which is also why I think sometimes you read the same story at different points in your life, and it strikes different chords within you. We're always learning, and we're always exploring. I also think that it's the ways that we hear from God differently and may interpret what God says differently. Now, there are many translations of the Bible so which one is the best? That's what, someone, that's what people will ask me occasionally when they're looking for a Bible. What translation should I get? Or what translation of the Bible is the best? And my answer is whichever one you'll read. Now, some translations are more accurate translations of the ancient languages, and some translations are um, easier to read. So what is the best translation? The one that you'll read. That's the best And sometimes, even though you have a great translation, some of the stories and the passages of the Bible are still hard to understand. Literally, things get lost in translation. We've lost some of the collective memory, some images and words and concepts that don't evoke the same memories in us as maybe they had been when they first were written. I mean, like if I said, you know, that tall building in Chicago— you might picture the Sears Tower or the Willis Tower, or whatever. But 3,000 years from now, if someone read that tall building in Chicago, people may not remember what it is or was. Does it even still exist? And may have to research some more. So that's sometimes what makes the Bible difficult. We've lost some of the context. Difficult, but not impossible, because if the Bible only said something about the past, it wouldn't be a living document. And instead, we have something that tells us the past, the present, and the future. As United Methodists, we don't believe that the Bible is inerrant, that it is without flaws and directly from God. We believe that it is inspired by God and God-breathed. And that it was written by real time by real people in real times and in real situations. We believe that the Bible contains the Word of God. It contains truth. So how do we figure out what that truth is? In the United Methodist Church, we use a tool called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. John Wesley was the founder of Methodism, and while he didn't invent this tool, it was put together by a theologian named Albert Outler. It was how J. Debs viewed the world and his theology. So the quadrilateral, quadrilateral includes four parts. Scripture. This is where we start. What does the Bible say? Tradition. What does our tradition say? As people of faith, as Christians, and sometimes even as United Methodists, what is our tradition? Our experience. What has our experience been? Are there feelings and thoughts? Are there particular experiences that we've had? And reason. We don't have to check our brains at the door while reading scripture. Sometimes things don't make sense and we can try and figure them out. And we get to use all of these pieces together in logic. Scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. We don't read scripture by itself, but in conjunction with all of these things. And it's impossible to read scripture without our own bias to it. How I read a particular passage is different than perhaps a refugee may read it, or a mother may read it, or someone else. We all have ways that we view the world and we bring that to how we read scripture and so when we discern god's messages we start with scripture as a revelation of god now our passage this morning comes from micah and in part of this passage the first part of the passage talks about the attitude when presenting offerings and sacrifices and the offerings named are going above and beyond what God asks for. So one must think that this would please God, right? But we can offer all that we want and rightfully all that belongs to God, but God wants more than that. And so Micah 6, 8 says, God has shown you mortal. The word in Hebrew is sometimes translated mortal or man or mankind. But basically, it doesn't mean just one person, but everyone. And so this makes this a verse a directive, not just for a single person, but for all. And as human beings bound up together in a covenant relationship, not just with God, but with one another. So what does God require of you? But to do justice with and for each other, to love kindness with and for each other, and to walk humbly with God. And Sometimes we don't understand what God is telling us. And sometimes it's because we get in our own ways or something gets in our way. Sometimes it's because other situations or circumstances get in our way. Sometimes our feelings and our emotions and our experiences are clouding things. There are a lot of reasons why we don't understand what God is telling us. There was a time that I was feeling burned out and exhausted, and I went away to a lake because water is always a healing place for me. And I know I've heard that from many people, that that water just is a healing place. Um... And so while I was floating in this lake, I had a vision that was so clear and just so visceral to me. I can still tell you so many of the details of this vision, but I didn't fully understand it. And so I went to a dear friend of mine, Andrew, who considers himself to be a mystic. And mysticism is a part of Christianity, Often people see themselves as so connected with God that they have experiences that can't always be explained. It's a part of the mystery of the divine, the mystery of God. And so I went to my friend and I shared this vision and I asked for help understanding it because I said, this just feels like God is telling me something in this. And so I shared all of the details with him and and he went, hmm, what do you think? And so I said, well, I think maybe it's about this. And I shared what I thought, and he went, hmm, yeah. And then I went, oh, but it also could be this. And I shared another theory, and he went, ah, hmm, yeah. And then I said, oh, but it could also be this. And I shared another theory, and he said, hmm, yeah, yeah. And I went, so which one is it? And he went, hmm, yeah. And I was like, no, seriously, which one is it? And he said, well, what if it's all of that? What if it's all of that and more? What if God is so big that it's not so simple to say, this is the only way that God was trying to say this to you? And I said, hmm, yeah, that's really frustrating. Why can't God just speak plainly? And he went, hmm, yeah, where's the fun in that? And I thought about the stories of Jesus. When someone asked Jesus a question, he usually said, let me tell you a story. God speaks. How do we listen? Well, we listen with our hearts through prayer, through reading and studying the scripture and fellowship with other people to talk through issues of faith, through spiritual discipline that may include things like fasting from food or something like like Lenten times to keep that relationship with God solid and secure. How do I know for sure what God's saying? Well, that's what takes faith. Trust that God will help you discern and faith that knowing no matter what, God will be with you. Regardless of whether you get it 100% right, God will be with you in the midst of it all. All of life, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, God is with you. There was a time that I thought that I had a message so clear from God and it was so right. And then something happened and it all fell apart. And I thought, how did I misunderstand God so clearly and so much? And I don't know if I did. Maybe it was that something else happened and got redirected. What I do know is in the middle of all of that God was with me, offering me comfort and wisdom and ways to move forward. Now, unless you hear what you hear from God is something outside of acting justly and loving mercy and walking humbly with your God, the message that you receive from God Listen with your heart. Stay connected to God and others and trust that God will be with you. Sometimes things don't make sense. And so we hold on to our faith and the promises of God that we know to be true. God has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does God require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with the God who is with you always. Amen.